we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. My name is Matthew Mayer, again, guest hosting and filling in for Walker. Appreciate your attention for this hour, a lot to share, a really brief introduction, if you will. I had the honor and opportunity to share my testimony, really a skinny version of a very thick story this past Wednesday on AFA at the Core which was really an introduction to explain the conviction and the passion that the Lord has squeezed out of my life for such a time as this. And you might be wondering, where did this guy come from? I had the privilege of meeting the AFA team in December of this last year. And what was I doing in Tupelo, Mississippi? I got to be honest with you, I never heard of Tupelo in my entire life. So it was an amazing experience for me. I had to slow down my talking because that's the accent down there where they have their headquarters. But what really brought me there was a woman named um, Teresa Lanfear, Tracy Lanfear, excuse me, Tracy Lanfear. And she found my testimony online, got in touch, and the Lord was directing her to invite me to meet the community down there in Mississippi. So me, my wife Sarah, my two children, which was a blessing, we traveled down the Tupelo, Mississippi, where I got to spend a weekend and a few days into the week just feeling out the community, meeting some of the students in the local schools there, had the opportunity to preach and teach at one of the churches there. And it was really an awesome time for me and my family. And I'll tell you why, and this is what I wanted to start the show with. The hospitality that was extended, when I travel and I speak all over the country, it's usually business. I touch down, I get off the plane, I go to the hotel, I report to the event or the church, I teach, I talk, I tell my testimony, I mix it up with some of the people there, I go back to the hotel, I wake up, I go to the airport, and I'm home again. And it's like a whirlwind. But that's not what this experience was this past December, no. Not only was my family with me by Tracy's request, but every single place we went to, the people were watching my children for us so my wife could mix and mingle with me, which is something she hasn't had the opportunity to do in a long time, being a you know full-time mother and wife and supporting really me in this ministry the Lord has entrusted to me. But I, I tell you this, because it's a testimony of the people and the love and the hospitality in Tupelo, Mississippi, we came home energized and recharged and truly ministered too. So I say all that to say this, I'll be coming back at the end of this month, looking forward to a more organized itinerary there where I'll be, I believe, talking to the student athletes at Mississippi State University, the FCA there, preaching at Auburn Baptist Church on that Sunday I think I'm going to touch down at a couple prisons, speak to some of the inmates, and if you heard my testimony on Wednesday, you'll see exactly why I have a passion 
and a relation to those that are in that type of environment. I'm also going to be talking to some local high schools, private schools, public schools, a couple community events, and I really am honored again to come back to Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'll spend some time with the AFA ministry teams as well as join Walker in the studio. So where am I coming from right now? New Jersey, Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm a pastor here at a church called Coastal Christian Ocean City. The platform I stand on is a ministry platform called truthovertrend.com. That's where you can mix it up and engage me. That's truthovertrend.com. All of my social media handles are also truthovertrend. Why? Because I believe the truth of the Word of God is more important than the trends of our times and at times, we mix that up. We get caught up in the fades and the fads and the trends, and we conform to the world, and the Lord has called us to be transformers and stand on His truth. Well, how do we do that? Well, we got to know Bible, because God, He speaks Bible. I heard a story once about a little boy downtown, kind of just minding his own business, and here comes Billy Graham. Billy Graham was disoriented, couldn't really figure out where he was going, saw the little boy, said, little boy, excuse me, can you help me? The boy said, sure. Billy Graham said, I'm looking for the post office. The little boy said, it's right there, can't miss it. Billy was shocked that he didn't see the sign. It was very obvious. Billy Graham decided to take the opportunity to invite the little boy to his revival. He said, excuse me, I'm in town for a revival, and I want you to come and experience the gospel. The little boy said, no, thank you, mister. Billy was taken aback, couldn't believe the audacity of this little boy. To which Billy responded, and may I ask you why not? Are you busy or something? He said, no, no, thank you, mister. You're an evangelist, right? Billy said, yes. And you're going to tell people how to, how to get to heaven, right? Billy said, yes. But you can't even tell how to get to the post office? And of course, that's humorous, but ladies and gentlemen, let's get serious. That's kind of like a lot of Christians today. We can tell people how to get to heaven. It's Jesus. It's the good news of the gospel, but then we struggle navigating our world. We can tell people the greatest message that can save their soul for eternity and how to get to heaven, and yet we struggle navigating our world in our walk. So where do we look? Well, in times most incredible, times even most terrible, the Christian is required to understand the truth of the Bible. Not only Bible, but Bible prophecy. Did you know that one-third of the Bible is prophetic, which means it was spoken or written in advance before it came to fruition? And one-third of the Bible being prophetic one-third of that one-third is actually future-oriented. Speaking of the times that we live in now and prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled, and that's why every Christian should be curious about the climate and culture of our world. See, here's what happens. The sheer ignorance of Bible prophecy is what leads people into following conspiracy theory, and there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of disinformation out there. There's a lot of narratives, and it's hard to decode and decipher and discern what is the truth. Can I be honest with you? If you're getting your updates from QAnon, you are grossly missing what's going on. That's the truth. If you're getting your news from the Marxist mainstream media, 
I love you enough to tell you they are actually deceiving you. I call it the Marxist mainstream media just simply because of the foundation by which a lot of those mainstream narratives are founded in. See, the news, many of these outlets will, of course, tell you what's happening, and that's important. Shows like The Core, The Stand, and all of American Family Radio's programs are dealing with news, current events, issues from a biblical worldview, and that is crucial to have clarity to be able to see. So news will certainly tell you what's happening, but only the Word of God can tell you why it's happening. I want to answer the question today, what in the world is going on? Why is all of this happening at the pace that it's happening? AFA's vision statement is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation, aka being the salt of the earth, the influence of the earth, and the light of the world. And that is accomplished by having a proper understanding of the Bible, a biblical worldview, so that we can transform culture. Because while we're here on planet Earth, like that story earlier, we aren't supposed to struggle navigating planet Earth. We are supposed to be a people most hopeful, most confident, most courageous for such a time as this. Why? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? I know I'm preaching. I'm a pastor. I can't help it. I'm going to read to you Matthew 24, verses 1 through 8. This is what is known as the Olivet Discourse. It's Jesus's blueprint as he traces the age that we're living in that will bleed into the end of days. And there's a lot of significant climatic cultural relevance here in this text that I'm going to share with you some of the current events that tie into this text. Let me begin verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Pause. The disciples were so impressed by the temple. Of course, there was no building like it. The temple was the epicenter of their religiosity and their identity and their courage. And they were so impressed. Jesus tells them, take a good look because there's coming a day where that entire structure is coming down. Not a single stone will be left upon another. And that came to be in 70 AD when the Romans under General Titus destroyed Jerusalem and the temple came crashing down. This blew their mind, the disciples. After hearing that, this is what prompted the following questions. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. That phrase is of utmost importance. Why? Beginning of sorrows, he's saying this is the beginning of birth pangs, contractions, if you will. Now, any mom out there knows firsthand, quite intimately, and even violently, the importance of feeling contractions. It helps the labor process 
progress. Now, I know this as a father of two now, and I can't really speak from actual experience other than being in the labor and delivery room with my wife, and she felt those contractions. And early on, of course, in the first trimester, there might have been a Braxton Hicks, a, a, a false contraction. And then in the second trimester, there might have been a couple more. But the third trimester, that's where the labor process begins. And that's when contractions pick up pace. And on that day, when the water breaks, the contractions, they increase in frequency and intensity. And you know who knows most what a contraction feels like? The mom. Or, if I'm going to tell the story, my bride. What's the point? The point is, if you're the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, that's what we're called, we should feel the contractions the most in our world. Who should feel the birth pangs based on what's happening in our world? The Christian. We should be the ones that sense them and see them. And like Jesus said, they can read the signs of the times based on the weather patterns. How come we can't read the signs of the times based on cultural patterns? So we should look for, what is God up to? Why all the shaking? I believe the shaking is leading to awaking. He is trying to wake up his church and the Christian. So I'm going to share with you how the rest of this passage, beginning with some of the climate and cultural implications that would deal with the culture spiritually and militarily and politically and naturally and morally, that really can trace the days we live in that are bleeding into the end of days, and every Christian is supposed to look for Christ. What do you mean? Look for Christ. And as we look for Christ, we are living for Christ. Because those that are looking for Christ are living for Christ. And those that are living for Christ, guess what? They know what Christ doesn't look like. They have the eyes to discern the lies. And this is where we're at. Christians need to wake up and get back in the Bible so that we can see the signs of our times. Looking forward to continuing our time together here on AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A popular effort in social revisionism is happening, where racism, which is better described in biblical terms as skin color-based partiality, is a crime of which only people of lighter skin color can be guilty. Let's be clear. Factions, divisions, and dissensions, including those based on skin color, are the fruit of the sinful flesh. The root cause of partiality is sin. Every person, regardless of the quantity of melanin in their skin, is capable of partiality. The only remedy for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Have you ever attended a birthday party and witnessed a child shredding the wrapping paper and opening everything without so much as a thank you between gifts? It can be difficult to witness such a lack of gratitude in someone so young. It is our duty to instill a sense of thankfulness in our girls. Gratitude comes from a place of understanding. Does your girl have a wide-angle view of all she has compared to children around the world? Establishing empathy is an important component to raising a thankful child. Of course, the greatest gift we've been given is that of redemption through Jesus. For that, we should all exemplify eternal gratitude. First Chronicles instructs us, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And welcome back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. This is Matthew Mayer here filling in for Walker on this most beautiful Friday, at least it is in Ocean City, New Jersey here. If you're with us for the first segment, we were just talking through what Jesus said about the beginning of sorrows, the contractions that would certainly pick up pace. They would increase in frequency and intensity, and that's the labor process that he is alluding to. And some of those symptoms dealt with deception. Take heed that no one deceives you, he said. And of course, throughout the course of history, there's always been spiritual deception. I, I would even say the greatest threat to the Church of Jesus Christ isn't necessarily physical persecution as much as it's spiritual deception, deception in all forms. He says people are going to come and say, I am the Christ. That's literal. Some have actually came over the course of the past 2,000 years claiming to be Christ or Jesus. You can actually Google it, and there's a Wikipedia list of those like Jim Jones, Charles Manson, David Koresh, who have actually claimed to be Christ. Even the current Pope, with the title, the Vicar of Christ, instead of, that's what it means, vicar, through the Latin word vicarious, to be in the stead of, even the Pope, uh, the head of the Roman Catholic Church, is a type of Antichrist when he replaces the true Christ. There are other religions, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, all of which claim that Jesus is the Christ, he's Jesus, and we believe him, but he's just a prophet, or he's just a man that was anointed, but they reduce his divinity. That's the spiritual deception part. 
But there's also spiritual delusion. We're living in a day and age right here, right now, that if you were to pick up your social media account and scroll, you would likely see some type of spiritual deception and some type of spiritual delusion. It's everywhere. It's all around us. All the messages the past few years have actually been in the name of the common good. That's the message. It's all for your good. And yet, it was always at the expense of common sense. It seems as if common sense has died over the past two years, and the messaging that has gone out, it seems to me people are under a great delusion. I mean, a lot of the data and the facts and the stats that are coming out just in light of COVID-19 is astonishing. Stats and facts about wearing a mask. We were lied to early on about masks. Even the CDC reported in the early March of 2021 that daily case and death growth rates before implementation of mask mandates were not statistically different from the reference period. Like no difference in wearing them or not wearing them. And yet there was a world that was conditioned to wear them. We discovered one of the lies in the lockdowns. They said lockdowns would save lives. Well, that was a lie. In fact, the reverse is true. More lives were taken during the lockdowns. Economy was destroyed during lockdowns. Child abuse, all types of depression and suicides were on the rise. Drug abuse, all because of lockdowns. That was a lie. It was a delusion. Then we were told to trust the science. And of course, that's a mantra that a lot of people hang their politics on. Trust the science, they say. Meanwhile, it's not really science. It's more pseudoscience or science fiction, Have if you believe that. It's trusting the science. And we learned that everything that was related to that, including even the vaccines, unfortunately, the e efficacy of vaccinations, come to find out that was a lie. Social distancing, that's changed from six feet to three feet to no feet, of course, because it had no bearing on how to deal with a virus. Of course, vaccines were supposed to stop transmission and even death. That was a lie. That was misinformation that we were told as the masses went running to get vaccinated. We were told they were safe. That was a lie. And that's information that is hard to, to find. You Google it, you're not going to find it because they're hiding it. We were told that hospitals were full of COVID patients, and that was a lie. There were certainly people there in the hospitals. There were certainly people that had serious conditions of COVID, but a lot of people that were in the hospitals, some of them were just there for other reasons, broken legs, but if they tested positive, they were counted as a COVID patient. Of course, that was money-related. The CDC changed their reporting guidelines for the cause of death on March 24th, 2020, and it's just back and forth with all this misinformation. We were told that asymptomatic people could transfer the virus. Well, that was a lie. It's unbelievable how much misinformation we were told in the past two years. And that's why we have to understand what is going on with deception. We have to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and where does that come from? It comes from knowing the Word of God. Without the Word of God as our lens, we don't have the eyes to discern these lies. Jesus said there's going to be great deception, and there's also going to be rumors of wars and actual wars. But in light of saying that, Christian, keep in mind, he said, do not be troubled. It's easy to get troubled, especially when we see the terror and tension of war in real time. 
again, social media has opened up the window to all of these tragedies globally. And yet, we need to be reminded that wars and rumors of wars have been tethered to man since the days of Abraham. In fact, this is not necessarily a sign of the end times as much as it's a symptom of the times that are moving us to the end. Remember, Jesus is tracing the age that bleeds into the end of days, and he's not trying to scare. He's trying to prepare. And any minister or pastor or speaker or host to a show, when they mention these types of things happening, it's not to scare, it's to prepare. Of course, the terror's intentions of war are devastating, and there's always innocent casualties of war. Here's an interesting stat. Only 8% of human history from the beginning knows times of peace. 8% over thousands of years know times of peace. Currently, we're watching Russia and Ukraine. Every news outlet covers the conflict that is taking place with Russia and Ukraine, and it's hard really to know what is true. All of these narratives that are coming at us, I have people in my church asking me about some of the things they're hearing, a lot of which are really far out there, like a conspiracy theory type stuff. And I think that's why it's important for us to take a few steps back and understand that the clearer view is the aerial view. Because when you get so close to something, it's hard to really see the details. You get so up in front of it that it becomes blurry. So we take a step back and we go, let me see this from a bigger picture. What is going on here? Well, it's not just about Ukraine and Russia as much as it's about what's happening around the world. What do I mean by that? Well, back in World War I and World War II, people thought, this is it. The world is ending. But there was something missing during those times that holds great significance to any war, to any nation rising against a nation, and it's the existence at that time of the nation of Israel. During World War I and World War II, there was no nation of Israel. And the reason that's important is because the nation of Israel needs to be on the map in order for a lot of these end-time scenarios to have their purpose. And it was in World War II where the world sympathized with the Jew. Of course, over six million Jews were killed in the Nazi Holocaust. And after, that is when, through some influence and through the American administration that the nation of Israel was rebirthed. May 14th, 1948, to be exact, that's 70 plus years ago. That's pretty close in the rear view window of our lives. And why that's significant is because any conflict from that point forward has a bearing on prophecy and what God is doing through Israel. No doubt, the promise is true. Those that bless Israel will be blessed. Those that curse Israel will be cursed. And we've been a blessed country because we've often supported Israel. We've stood by their side. There have been wars and rumors of wars in the Middle East. And because we've stood with Israel, I believe God has shed his grace on us. But I think we're watching the unraveling of that relationship with the current administration, the Biden administration, which is, they'll say they're supporting Israel, while at the same time, they're at the negotiation table with Iran, trying to renew a nuclear deal, which would give them the power to make a nuclear bomb, and their greatest purpose is to destroy Israel, to blow them off the map. So it's really 
quite contradictory and, and hypocritical when you think about it, while at the same time, here we are yelling at the top of our lungs in support of Ukraine. But you got to understand, as the Christians who rise up in times like this, we are to be compassionate. We are to serve those in need, to meet the needs of the marginalized, while at the same time, we have the crystal clear clarity to see what's happening. See, Ukraine and Russia has been a great distraction while there's other agendas happening, and it's important for us to know this is what God's up to. God often uses unrighteous rulers to accomplish his righteous rule, whether it's a leader in Russia, whether it's a leader in America, he uses these rulers to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. What you might not know is that there's been tens of thousands of immigrants or refugees who have had to leave both Russia and Ukraine during this time. Where are they going? Well, they're going to some of the surrounding nations for aid and help. But a lot of them, Jews in those lands, are returning to, guess where? Israel. Israel is doing whatever they can at this time to come alongside the suffering Ukrainians. Their country has opened their doors to fleeing Jews. They've actually accepted close to 12,000 so far, and their interior minister, he believes by the end of this thing, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of immigrants from Russia will be relocated into Israel. And the Bible says that the Israelites will one day take their land again, and the Jews will come back from all over the place. And this is what God is doing. He is moving people and places, all of which to accomplish his purpose. He is a God who is behind the scenes, and he's a God who controls the scenes he's behind. That's why there's no circumstance in all of the world that is outside his providence. There will be wars and rumors of wars, and yet we are told not to be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We're even told that nation will rise against nation and kingdom will, get, will rise against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. All of this is taking place. And yet, if you don't know why it's happening, it's very easy to be taken by the fear of what's happening with nation against nation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is ethnos against ethnos. With kingdom against kingdom, that is political agenda against political agenda. Whether it's coalitions of nations, NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, EU, the European Union, the UN, the United Nations, or even the World Economic Forum, an international organization, all of these have political agendas. And when they have an agenda, they are attempting to use that agenda to accomplish their mission. Now, we take a step back and we understand where we're at in human history and what God is trying to get us to see for such a time as this. Mind you, there's always going to be spiritual deception. There's always going to be spiritual delusion. There's always going to be military conflict. There's always going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's always going to be people rising up against each other. Nationalism versus nationalism. Some nationalism rolls over to fascism. And of course, that 
brings its own type of dynamic. And then kingdom, political system versus political system, all of which in our world with agendas trying to accomplish something that if it's not founded in the Bible, obviously is godless. And I want to talk to you for the rest of our time about these agendas. I want to look at what the World Economic Forum with their agenda is trying to accomplish and how some of their parrots or puppets who have been on the world stage who have had such influence, influence like we've never seen before, with the ability to say something and have the entire world respond to it. Pretty scary. And when we come back after the break, I want to make sure that you hear a clip that something was said from Charlie Kirk recently, uh, Turning Point USA's president, Charlie Kirk, and it really just it rocked my world when I heard what he said and how quickly not only does life change, but how easily, how easily power and influence can be mishandled or miswielded and all at the expense of people. And there's casualties over the past few years of the effects and the impacts of navigating what was called a pandemic. See, not only are these political agendas dangerous, but it's not far-fetched to think that some of these natural disasters in our world, namely famines, pestilences, it's not far-fetched to think that they can have their manufacturing through the hands of sinners. Well, war absolutely accomplishes famines. We know that. And then there's pestilences. Of course, it was a conspiracy theory early on to suggest that the virus was man-made or man-manufactured. And yet there was a lab in Wuhan, China, the very location where the virus has its inception and its beginning and its leak and that which affected the entire world. In fact, shut it down permanently for weeks and months and some even years. And we are still recovering from what happened in March of 2020. I said recently at my church, hey, we just celebrated uh, two weeks to flatten the curve on the two-year mark. That's a milestone. More to come. This is AFA at the core on American Family Radio. Matthew Mayer here filling in for Walker Wildman. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in so far. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope. 
in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. The thing that solidified the reality that you were my wife was your heart for God. When the scripture says, he that finds a wife. So I began conferring with my pastor in New Orleans the whole time. I, yeah. I would tell him about you, tell him when we, you know, when we spend time together. And he said, Abe, spend some time praying and ask God to reveal her heart to you and write down what the Lord showed you, and which is what I did. It was all God. It was really God because when you did that, you followed the instruction of your pastor and God revealed to you who I was. God showed you things that you couldn't have known at that moment in our short time meeting each other. I was so grateful because it showed me that you hear from God. And I was at that moment convinced that the only place to live is in the middle of God's will. Like I knew that was a part of the foundation that God would have us to build for our marriage, you know, going forward. Tune in to By Design, Saturday afternoons at 4 Central on American Family Radio. This is Don Shang with today's global update from the Tide Ministry, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide in the languages people were born to speak. There are bearded men all over the world, but there's a distinction between many of those bearded men and the bearded men participating in the Tide Ministry's Year Beard Challenge. And that distinction is in the heart. Men putting down their razors and growing a noteworthy beard is an excellent way to start a conversation which can open the door to share both the good news of Christ as well as what the Tide Ministry is doing around the world. Our desire is to see many more hearts changed through an encounter with Jesus, and every bit of sponsorship raised by the Tide Yearbeard Men makes it possible for more people to hear the gospel message in their heart language. To learn how you or someone you know can use their beard to make an eternal impact by helping to share the good news of Christ with people in their own language, visit thetide.org. That's thetide.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. This is Matthew Mayer coming to you from New Jersey. Honored to take part with the Core team and working out technology over the past few weeks to make sure that we're coming in crystal clear. If you've been tuning in this far, we're looking at the climate of our world based on what Jesus said 2,000 years ago as he would trace the days and the age that would bleed into the end of days. And there was a phrase he said, the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pangs, that there would be contractions. And what makes the time we live in so significant, there's always been contractions. But what we really need to understand is that when the nation of Israel was birthed on May 14th, 1948, that literally was God's super sign and stopwatch of prophecy. And we're about 70 plus years out from that. And I'm going, we're living in some incredible times. And we're watching and witnessing spiritual deception at biblical proportions, spiritual delusion over the past two years, where people are just walking and accepting anything that they're told, whether that comes from the Marxist mainstream media, whether that comes from their social media. And sadly, where that has come from pulpits. Pulpits have compromised greatly, and Jesus gives us the template, and he says, I want you to be on guard and watch for the things that are noteworthy, 
the climate spiritually of deception, the climate militarily of wars and rumors of wars, the climate politically, nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos, kingdom against kingdom, political agenda against political agenda, coalitions of nations like NATO, European Union, United Nations. This is about international peace and safety. And now the World Economic Forum and their Great Reset. I don't have enough time. Maybe I'll do a show in the future, Lord willing, on the Great Reset and how it really is the modern-day Tower of Babel and their attempt at bringing all the people of the world together. And again, when you know Bible, you say, wow, this is the beginning of the table being set or the stage being set. The actors are in place, and we're watching some of those puppets and those parrots who are propagating those narratives and those messages, and one of which was... King Fauci. <laughs> King Fauci, ladies and gentlemen, and we know the power and the influence that he had. And this is what Charlie Kirk had to say about Dr. Fauci over the past two years. Listen to how scary this is. Run clip one. Fauci is part of the Great Reset. He's a big part of it. Fauci is, in a lot of different ways, in my personal opinion, was one of the most powerful people on the planet ever mm -hmm. to exist, and I could prove it to you. No one has ever had the power to stop the movements, the breathing, and the medical behavior of billions of people billions. just because he went on television to say it. I want you to think about that. <sighs> has a human being ever had that kind of power? To be able to control your breathing because he said so. To be able to control your children's breathing at school. That kind of power is beyond anything the ancient Romans and Greeks would have imagined that someone on earth would be able to have. But here's the thing that now I'll get to the, you know, where Fauci is right now, because I think the answer is really instructive, but a little more background. No one ever voted for Fauci. He is by definition an extra constitutional figure. No one campaigned for him. He never petitioned. He never had to be called into questions about who was financing or funding him. He was a creature of the fourth branch of government. And again, the brilliance of the founding fathers was trying to prevent against people like Anthony Fauci. He was unelected, That's right. unchecked power, and was largely unknown until the pandemic popped up. He was running the entire health infrastructure, which meant everything. Your breathing, your medical decisions, vaccines, your job, your employment, whether or not you could serve in the military, you could travel, you can go to other countries, all of it was straight through him. It was really brilliant when you think about it from the Great Reset crowd because they were not able to get the Great Reset in just through talking about BLM and CRT. That's part of it, we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. They weren't able to get it in just by turning men against women like the Me Too movement. No, no, no. They needed to make fear so widespread the object of control that everybody was going to comply. And it was, we're going to make people afraid of something you can't see that anyone might have regardless if they have symptoms or not. And we're then going to put an object on your face that by definition makes you more submissive, more afraid, harder to communicate, harder to sympathize, and easier to control. Wow. That was Charlie Kirk with Pastor Jack Hibbs. And if you heard what he said, basically tyrants often rise through the vein of lies. And it was about control. And the globalist agenda is always about control. And when you know Bible, you understand that's the direction all of this is going. And Jesus was forewarning us and saying, hey, the beginning of sorrows, as you see the, these types of things picking up pace and people rising to power and grabbing more power and creating crisis and, of course, coming in with the solution, all of which control and using fear. And this is what we've lived through. Patrick Henry said, it is when a people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. Wow.
when a people forget God. God is sovereign. God is in control. When the church bows down, that is when tyrants are standing up. And the church of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be the global force of his influence on earth. And yet, tyrants were able to forge chains and shut the entire world down. That's the political climate that we are currently living in. It's like a boa constrictor. If you know anything about a boa constrictor, it constricts. It takes its prey or the animal it's trying to kill, and it doesn't do so. People thought for ages that it was through suffocation. That's not what the boa constrictor does. It's actually through cutting off the blood circulation because you can still have a heartbeat and not be able to breathe. You can be knocked out and be unconscious because somebody took the breath out of you. That's suffocation. However, the boa constrictor squeezes so much so that it cuts off the blood circulation. That's what the globalist agenda wants to do. And the blood circulation of, of life is liberty. For where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And we gave our liberty away. What happens next? Well, we begin to see a climate of persecution. When you stand up for truth in light of those that are telling you to be silent with your faith, Jesus said, you can expect persecution. They're going to deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake, for Christian. That's true. Globally right now, the top five countries that are the greatest persecutors of Christians is Afghanistan, North Korea, Somalia, Libya, and Yemen. And that's to be expected. Those are hostile nations, mainly Muslim or communistic, and they hate Christians. They hate God. 360 million Christians throughout the world suffer high-level persecution. That's loss of life, and that's loss of, of liberty or incarceration. That's one in seven Christians globally that is experiencing very real and raw persecution, unlike what we're experiencing right now. But don't get it twisted. We're watching something unfold and happen right now because of these political agendas and these evil tyrants and these evil politicians, all of which are attacking biblical values, and we're watching the collapse of the Western world or Western values, which is leading to open season on persecuting Christian values, biblical values. When Western civilization, which isn't really about the hemisphere, as much as it's about what Western world was built upon, jurisprudence, which is the philosophy of law or the theory of law, jurisprudence in the Western world is Judeo-Christian values. Each of those governments in the Western world, they have different frameworks, none like the United States of America's framework, but all of which have religious liberty, religious freedom, freedom of press, and those values are currently under attack, and this is getting worse and worse. And when you see that, that's when you should pay attention. In countries like Finland right now, the Bible is on trial. Two Finnish Christians, one a member of parliament and one a bishop, both are being charged for quoting scripture. Don't believe me? Listen to this clip. These two Finns who are on trial for being religious. Yes, Steve, it's pretty shocking. This is a story that is one of the most troubling stories that you haven't heard of, meaning the average American hasn't heard of. You've got a member of parliament in Finland who literally just tweeted out a Bible verse, scripture from the book of Romans from the Bible, talking about the issue of LGBTQ type issues in Finland. And now she's facing charges, facing two years of jail time. A bishop then echoed that sentiment. And this bishop is similarly facing up to two years 
years of jail time. Now, people can disagree about issues, right. but if you're talking about putting people in jail for quoting the Bible, and then the prosecutor said that the Bible can't quote Trump finish law, the prosecutor said, don't worry, you can keep your Bibles, but you know what? You just can't say you agree with it. This is a really <laughs> chilling reality in a Western civilization country. This isn't Iran, this isn't China, this is Finland. And the American people need to know this is coming to a theater near you, and it's coming to you in the form of the Equality Act, which is why I opposed it, because that would similarly start to criminalize the way that we approach our disagreements on issues when they're based on our faith. And I know Tony has spoken eloquently about this before. And Tony, you say the Bible essentially is on trial. It is. Steve, faith is at the stake. The Bible is on trial. The outcome of Pave and Johanna's case could literally criminalize the Christian faith and free speech. This case, as Chip said, is a warning to the Western world that, quite frankly, has been asleep in the pew. And this is not about some theologically remote part of Scripture. The prosecution, as you played in the intro of this, right. made clear that this is about the heart of the gospel, the use of the word sin, they said can be harmful and therefore illegal. And this, of course, is the core teaching of the gospel that right. we're all sinners and we need a savior, and that savior is Jesus Christ. Persecution in the Western world for quoting Bible verses. That's where we're at. This is one of the symptoms, one of the contractions that, I don't know about you, but in my lifespan, couldn't possibly imagine that we would experience quoting scripture and of course that being criminal in a western civilization but we know god is faithful and persecution is often useful to awaken the faithful god will wake us up through persecution so while it's happening we're not to shy away from it this is the climate spiritually militarily politically naturally culturally and now morally right jesus said many are going to be offended offended by truth a falling away will be very real. People will betray. They'll hate one another. Many false prophets, false voices will rise and deception will reign. Lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. We often think of anarchy when we hear the word lawlessness, but that's not really what's being said here. It's moral autonomy. It's man pioneering his own morality. When we remove the law of righteousness, we open the door to lawlessness. Man pioneering his own self-righteousness and even his own justice, as in the case of what I call woke justice, which swept the world by storm from June of 2020 to today. Everything is about justice, climate justice, gender justice, and all of it, which has no basis in biblical justice. Man has redefined sexuality, where holding to biology is now considered bigotry. I don't have enough time to get into the latest bill that was passed in Florida and proved by Governor DeSantis, God bless him, but it's a law that prevents curriculums and agendas to manipulate little children's conscience when it comes to gender identity and sexual orientation. And the backlash from this law, which is, hey, parents should have a say over their children. How about that? Parents should have a say over their offspring, not the teachers and not these liberal influencers or these activists. And the the fury that came out, they're saying it's not called the parental rights in education bill. They're calling it don't say gay bill. Meanwhile, the word gay isn't mentioned in the legislation whatsoever. But this is where we're at, a culture where man worships Mother Earth as if Earth is responsible for man's birth, trillions of dollars for the Green New Deal. That's lawlessness. Now, here's my question. 
in the midst of outright rebellion against God, will we stand out and do what's right before God? Will we do what's right before God? I read a book four times. It's written by Dr. Erwin Lutzer. It dealt with when a nation forgets God, I'd love you to read it. And it told a story about Christians in Nazi Germany. And I'll read the testimonial. It says, I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust. I considered myself a Christian. We heard stories of what was happening to Jews, but we tried to distance ourselves from it because we could do nothing to stop it. A railroad track ran behind our small church each Sunday morning. We could hear the whistle in the distance. Wheels were coming over the tracks. We became disturbed when we heard the cries coming from the train as it passed. We realized it was carrying Jews like cattle in cars. Week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we knew that we would hear the cries of the Jews en route to a death camp. Their screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming, and we heard the whistle blow. We just simply began singing hymns. By the time the train came past our church, we raised our voices so loud that we could not hear the screams. We sang louder than the eyewitness shared as Pastor Lutzer described it. Although those years have passed, I still hear the train whistle in my sleep. God forgive me, forgive all of us who called ourselves Christians and yet did nothing to intervene. See, they knew that there was something going on in their world. People were being affected, killed. The culture was one of evil and they just sang louder. And how many of us are just avoiding the conditions of our world and we're just singing louder and we're still going to church but we're avoiding it and i'm saying to us now's the time not to sing louder now's the time to live louder now's the time to stand up for truth now's the time to trust god's providence and by his providence we will have the perseverance i hope today's show charged you and challenged you reminded you of the importance of having a biblical worldview my name is matthew mayer This has been AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. God bless you guys. Until next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.